Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. I'm thrilled to have Nancy Jutton back on the show. Nancy is an author of a wonderful topic that so many of our clients have, I would say, asked about in 2020. Nancy has rewritten or updated, I should say, her book called Bye Bye Boring Bio, but she has so many wonderful tips on how we can reinvent ourselves should we want to make a career change or a job change. Please tune in and listen to all the wonderful new technology that she suggests and hop on Amazon to find her workbook and certainly her book if you're interested in exploring updating your bio. Sit on back, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. Well, Nancy, welcome back. I'm so thankful to have you back on the show, especially for the topic we're going to dig into today. I know last time you were on, you shared one of your favorite wines with me, and I'd love to know if you've discovered anything since then. Well, I would love to say thank you for having me back on the show, and I would say that I received a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne from a real estate professional when we bought our home about 18 months ago. And my husband and I said, we'll drink that when we have something to celebrate. And on New Year's Day, we decided to drink that wine, that champagne, because we had something to celebrate. And I will have to say that it is a whole lot better champagne than the typical kind of champagne that we treat ourselves to around here. (laughs) So sometimes it's worth spending the money is what you're saying. (laughs) Or receiving the gift. I mean, it was such a lovely gift and, you know, it just wasn't the thing you wanted to take in over mac and cheese. You wanted to to say, well, what given the year we had, the most recent calendar year, there was just an awful lot that went on. Uh, Many of us are really glad to say goodbye to 2020. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of silver linings within it that if you look hard enough to find them, you have something to celebrate. And that was really what we were doing as we sipped our Dom Perignon in our beautiful crystal glasses while enjoying a Bellingham Bay view here in Washington Mm. State. Well, well, let's talk about 2020 and the fact that it's now behind us. (laughs) Thank goodness. Although 2021 started out with, you know, more, I think, turmoil than we wanted it to. Uh, I, I know we were talking for just a few minutes before we actually started recording. 
And I really, um, again, just want to say thank you for coming back on. And and specifically, um, the reason that uh, we asked Nancy to come back on the show was because uh, she had mentioning successes, uh, something that was a success for her in 2020 that is going to carry forward, I think, for many years to come and something that we've had a lot of clients in 2020 actually start thinking about uh, updating their bios and even changing careers in some cases. And when you know, you know, when you're starting to think about changing careers, there's a lot in any career that you can reflect to take you into a new career, but it's about the communication to that new company or new job that you're looking to get into. And it's super important that you, you communicate with, what is it like four seconds or something like that? The average uh, resume is viewed or something. It's a very short period of time that they're looked at. So you had a success in 2020 with this concept. Do you want to share a little bit more about that? Sure. You know, it actually goes back to 2008 when the Great Recession happened. My public relations agency fell on hard times and I needed to figure out a way to make money in a grand and challenging time. And I wrote a book called Bye Bye Boring Bio and in 2020, and it actually put me on the map in a really big way and I was able to create a whole business around it. And so in 2020, when when everything kind of fell apart because of the pandemic, I took the opportunity to revisit that book that I wrote 10 years before. And I asked myself, is this my best work? Is this relevant and of service to people with what they're dealing with right now? And when I answered the question, I said, this needs a total makeover. So in um, September of 2020, I debuted the Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 version of my workbook. And I, it became an Amazon number one bestseller right away. And it has been serving experts, authors, and speakers around the world to rave reviews. And what was different about what I did with this workbook is, number one, I made it more than just a workbook because there are videos to help solve very specific problems. Like, how can I step-by-step upgrade mm. my LinkedIn profile so I can attract the opportunities that I want? How can I make my author Amazon profile on the Amazon site a magnet for new leads for my new business? How can I speak up virtually from my own home with my dog at my feet and speak to thousands and thousands of people through the power of podcasting? So there's videos that you can consume, there's audios that you can consume, and there's powerful exercises within the workbook so that If you're an author, a speaker, an expert, an entrepreneur, and you find yourself in this stage of what it is that I used to do isn't what I'm doing now, this is the ultimate guide to help you reason through what your message is going to be so that when people land on you, wherever they find you on social media, on your LinkedIn, on your about me page, if you write what you, who, who you serve, how you help and the big benefit that they will welcome and what qualifies you to be the magic sauce to solve the problem. If you can do that, you can start swinging open wonderful doors to opportunities so you can start making money, making a difference, and feeling even better about whatever the next stage of your invention is going to be. And it's also not just for if you want to make a change in that respect, but also if you want to supplement what you're already doing, right? So, 
take a situation. I mean, let's face it, Nancy, many of us got into even something as simple as like podcasting or public speaking, because I'll talk about my situation. And I've heard a lot of other people say that too. It just, an opportunity presented itself. So like for me in launching the podcast, I'm like, sounds like, you know, sounds like a fun thing to do. Sounds like I can talk to people and get, I'm a very curious person by nature. So I'll launch a podcast and, and I'll make it about two things that I'm passionate about both wine and finance, right? So wine and dime was the name, but I had no direction. Like I had no, I just sort of, I went as I went, you know, there was no like path for me to follow, to do the things that you just mentioned. Like when somebody lands on my page, like what makes me stand out that they would want to get to know more about some of these things that I'm doing? How do I grow my audience from that perspective? And so you've taken it the next step and said, well, you know, here's, if you've done this too, or if you want to do this, here's how you can improve it. Right. I mean, that's, yes. And, and, and I will tell you that I am a professional speaker and right around March, all the stages went dark because we weren't traveling And so you can either sit on your hands and cry in your beer, or you can decide that there are thousands, literally thousands of podcasts that are looking for experts just like Mm -hmm. you and I. And Mm -hmm. my workbook actually guides you about how to become the perfect podcast dream guest so that you can prepare properly, be media ready, media savvy, and have the insight about how to engage with a host and do all the right things to not only do a great job on the show, but also be in a position to create relationship that will last with the host long after the show that can take the shape of referrals to other shows, referrals to people who can benefit from how you serve. And I've discovered that you really can podcast guest your way to six figures, even in a global pandemic. And isn't that empowering for people who thought perhaps that they had to just wait it out and wonder, what can I do? We can all speak up on a podcast if we know how to make a proper approach. And when you deliver value and, of course, also have a way to enroll people into a product program or service of of some value, you can do very, very well. And the beauty of it is when you're in a podcast, as you know, you're having a long form conversation with another human being and there's an embedded audience of people paying attention. And if what it is that you're talking about meets a problem or solves a problem that they've been struggling with, it's not who they're going to call Ghostbusters. It's how can Mm -hmm. I get in touch with that guest? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have leads, connections, collaborations, and hopefully that beautiful sound of ka-ching in your shopping cart or however it is that you collect funds in your business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that people, I mean, there is a process and, and for people that are listening to do this, there, there is a process to getting sponsors for your podcast. Like that's how you earn money when a, a, a one way that you earn money when you're launching a podcast, we've decided not to go that route yet because it's connected more with the business, but that also generates, you know, so, it, um, so you have to understand like how, when you're talking about making like launching a podcast and, and, and making six figures because you launch it, you have to go into that knowing how to even do any of that. And I know um, when when you updated the Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 and, and really focused on some of the new technologies, part of that was you interviewing people and you launching your own podcast. Well, what I did is, um, I want to just comment on what you said. Um, I do not have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel 
where I have a show called Learn More to Earn More. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the opportunity to select guests that have something to add to the Learn More, Earn More conversation that my authors, speakers, and experts will gain value from. And so I do that fairly regularly, but it's um, only within the last year or so that that has gained some traction. Um, But um, when you were talking about podcast hosting to create revenue. I can't speak specifically to how to make money with a podcast because I haven't done that. Mm -hmm. My way of making money has been as a podcast guest. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I wanted to say is that committing to doing a podcast is a big deal. There's, There's a lot to learn and technology to master and a commitment to make. And those who are just dancing on the edge of a pin, wondering whether or not they're going to even enjoy being on a podcast, it's podcast guesting is my first recommendation. Go ahead and podcast guest on a number of shows, be strategic about it, deliver a powerful message, have a way to invite people back into your world and assess to what extent you enjoy it, that it's effective for you. And when you love doing it, that then you can make the decision that you might want to have a show of your own. But I, I would not be one that would, that's not with the path that I've traveled just yet. And, and, uh, and I'm, you know, I was saying, I was using the word podcasting because I, I kind of relate YouTube videos and YouTube, you know, like recording on YouTube as another format for podcasts. Now, maybe it's not like in the terminology that we use it, like on iTunes and, you know, um, uh, some of the Spotify other stages. and all of Spotify. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, but it's still you're still sitting there having a conversation with another person, or you're by yourself and demonstrating. It's still a form of media that is somebody listening, somebody watching, um, somebody learning something from you. And that's you know that's what podcasting does as well. So so I, it broadening the words just a little bit or the nature of it just a little bit. But one of the things that you walk people through too is even creating like a one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that a lot of people, I was so thrilled. Um, the first time that you and I did a podcast together, you had some information about yourself and I was able to pull all the social media together and all that sort of stuff. This time you sent me that in advance, a one sheet page so that when we're prepping for this to go live, we have that information and we can pull tidbits of information about you and even get some of our questions answered about you because we have some, you know, some basic information and we're able to pull that into the, into the conversation. And you did something different than many other people do. Many other people send it to me in a PDF format. You actually sent it to me in a link. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Well, one of the things I learned from Darren LaCroix of Stage Time University is that you should always aim to be the meeting planner's favorite guest. And that means that you want to make their job as easy as possible so that when they meet you, it's almost as if they know you already and they can't wait to get started. So what I have is an interview Nancy link on my blog that's available 24-7. And on that page on my website, it has my short bio, a slightly longer bio. It has a short snippet of the backstory of how my business came about 
I have two sets of questions, one for entrepreneurial podcasts that want to know how what my journey was to success, and another set of questions that's more practical and tactical about making bios media ready, media savvy, and ready to attract the right opportunities. I also include hyperlinks to all of my social media so that it's easy for a host to determine that I have a following on these various media and that I can be an excellent co-promoter of a show that we do together. And I also include my headshot there mm-hmm. and p- images of the three books that I've contributed to or written. And in doing that, the host says, wow, everything I need is right here. I'm dealing with a pro. And if the host is busy and doesn't have time to do his or her own research about what kinds of questions they want to ask or wants, it's all there. And mm-hmm. that just makes me a dream guest at hello. And then mm-hmm. when we get on the phone it, or the, the the microphone or however we're connected, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just makes it so, like 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 we're old friends already. Yeah. And if you juxtapose that to someone who says, "Well, what do you want to talk about? And what questions should I ask?" And you know, if they're asking all kinds of questions, high maintenance questions, because they're not prepared ahead of time, it just sort of takes the blush off the rose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. That's my my sense of it. So um, I'd rather be more prepared so that I can leapfrog over other guests who are less prepared and also leapfrog over other perhaps more complacent big hitters that that I mean, I actually had a situation where I made a list of all the best podcasts I wanted to be on last year. And I had a really big fish that I wanted to meet. And on December 10th, we got on on his show and and. I was so honored to be on it, but he said, you, you wowed me with your approach. Mm -hmm. I couldn't Mm -hmm. say no to you. And now that I've had you on the show, you've exceeded my expectations still further. Mm -hmm. And when the microphone went silent, we decided about all these other things we were going to do together to support each other in business. And when you're talking to people who have influence like that, one good podcast leads to many more opportunities Mm -hmm. to do business to cross-refer, to um, create a friend for life. So I look at this not just as uh, a one-hit wonder or, you know, not just on the bedpost, but I look at every relationship as a true relationship that can grow, like rooted, like you're, yes. you know what yes. I mean? You, you, you have to have strong roots or else the, the trunk isn't going to have the support, the branches aren't going to have the nutrients, the leaves are not going to, you know, grow um, in a fruitful manner. You know, it's, it's, you've got to have those strong roots. And, and one of the other things that I noticed in preparing for today's was it wasn't just that you had even like question, like if you go out to that link that I was talking about, that website that I was talking about, it wasn't just about the fact that you had questions out there, potential questions to ask you, which is like you said, very helpful to a, to somebody who's on the other side when you're prepping for recording the podcast. Cause we have to come up with questions, you know, to ask what is our audience interested in. Um, but you also listed some of the podcasts that you've been on. So I was able to go through and actually say, Oh, okay. Let me listen to a few of the most recent podcasts that she participated in. See if I pick up anything that is of interest to me to like explore further. And that was very helpful, uh, personally. Now I want to, I want to shift gears for just a second because one of the things that I've heard a ton this year. And I was telling you that 
I started tracking, um, I started putting, you know, like a list together when somebody would bring this to my attention because I was hearing a repeating comment, especially early this year, about April, May, May timeframe. I had a number of clients. Now I think predominantly we, we have a lot of women clients. Okay. It's not, it's not a hundred percent, but we are definitely heavier weighted on the number of female clients that we have, um, that we work with than male. And I had a number of clients come to me this year, engineers, attorneys, physicians, uh, nurse practitioners, teachers that were really questioning their career. Mm-hmm. They were, so, so I, like I said, I didn't track all the way from the beginning, but about a third of our working clients had brought that up in some way, shape or form, whether it's the change of career or whether it's the, uh, I, you know, life has slowed down and I kind of like it. Uh, how do I make this a more permanent change in my life? Uh, I'm spending more time with my kids. I actually enjoy that. I'm spending more time with my spouse. I actually enjoy that. I need to make some change in my career that is going to allow me to continue in that manner. So, you know, when somebody brings that to the forefront, obviously the finances behind that become a conversation, like what's standing in the way of you making that change. But it's also trying to figure out what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Well, so, go ahead. No. So I was going to say, so when you're thinking about creating your bio, right? When you're thinking about putting that bio together to show people, to have, to showcase yourself, talk, I mean, this is what you're, this is what you're, yeah, I actually work is about. I actually have a five-step system that I could briefly walk us through that could be very illuminating to help people figure that out. Would that be useful? It would be hugely useful. Okay, so let's just walk through this five steps preceded by one important com- comment. Are you still there? Yes. Okay, the, the the screen just went dark all of a sudden. Um One bio doesn't suit all situations. If you want to be on a podcast, you're going to need a media one sheet. If you want to attract opportunities for employment, you're going to need a resume. If you're going to be on LinkedIn to look for new business opportunities, you need a certain way of approaching on LinkedIn. When you think about one size fits all, what I think about is a woman going to the one size fits all rack and putting something on her back. She typically um, has clothes on, but she doesn't look her personal best. So first realize that one bio doesn't suit all situations. Mm -hmm. Then decide what kind of a bio you need right now and what end result you most desire. Could it be a story that attracts employment, new clients to your new business or existing business, uh, a bio to attract speaking gigs or media interviews. What exactly do you start with the end in mind? And then that's step one. Step two is to reflect on the who, the how, and the wow. And when I think about who, it's not just, it's not you, it's who you serve and the wow you deliver and what makes you special, different, and preferred. And then you want to prove your value and impact. And that's where you can share your credentials, your experience, your awards, recognition, media credits, testimonials, things that people have said about you if your industry allows for that. And you want to share it with the fourth step by adding your personality. 
because if it just reads like words on a page, but it doesn't have a tone of voice that conveys your personal style, your credibility, your sassy approach, your current approach, everybody's got a different flavor. And so when someone reads your credentials, they should say, wow, that's somebody I'd really like to meet. And then the fifth step is to prepare your right size stories for the right situation. And in our world today, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have LinkedIn, we have our About Me page, we have our resume. If you look at all of those places where something about you is showing up, it could be that there's no consistency between any of them and it all feels really random. And the trouble with that is people don't get a correct and accurate reflection of who you are right now. And so they may just pass over you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you might want to just take that quick audit, you know, is, is what it is that I'm doing now, what it is I continue wanted, I, I continue to want to do. What makes me, if not, how do I want to pivot? And for many people, especially those that are um, engaging with the fine services of a fee-only financial pl- planner, Chances are they've been around for a while. Is that fair to say? I would say so, yeah. Okay, so so if they've been around for a while, they may have had iterations in their career where they started out as a school teacher and then they went to law school and became a lawyer and then decided to take time off to be with the kids and then decided that this next stage is going to be their finest hour and they're reinventing again. One of the mistakes people make is including everything they've ever done in their lives without Mm -hmm. paying attention to whether or not it's relevant to the objective you have today. So if I had a suggestion to make, it would be if you only had 50 to 100 words to describe yourself in the third person, what what 100 words would you use to sum up who you are right now? And if you go through that exercise who you, you know, what you want, who you serve, how you help, you will come up with a very concise way to introduce yourself that will serve you very well in accomplishing the objective that you have. And that right there, that piece that you just mentioned, that's where I think a lot of, you know, when people are saying that they're thinking about changing careers and they're like, well, why, you know, why would so-and-so hire me when all my experiences in a different area it's because you can take the experiences that you've gone through and shift them to different areas. So, so if you're can in a- I, can I share a story that might be, you know, very relevant here? You know, 20 years ago, I started my PR marketing communications business and I had spent, you know, 20 years in corporate America doing marketing management type jobs, right? I didn't want to be in a eight to five situation anymore. I wanted to call my own shots and do my own thing. And when I first started out, I didn't have a website and I didn't have online marketing was nowhere near what it is today. And business was earned by showing up at a breakfast meeting or (laughs) shop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And I was, of course, lean on funds and I needed to come up with something. So what I did is I came up with a one sheet And it said, every growing company needs a storyteller. Let me tell yours. And then I said, I didn't have lots and lots of client success because I'd been an employee all my life. But that doesn't mean that the experience I gained in corporate America wasn't still relevant. So I found a way to say, 
in my 20-year corporate career working with big-name companies, including A, B, and C, I honed these particular skills to a fine science. And, and then I said something about me personally, that I was going to um, serve them in an extraordinary way that would have them smiling with every result. And if they liked what they read so far, why don't they give me a call and we'll talk about it? I just put my personality, my values, and what I was there to do, waving the flag for storytelling. And very shortly, I had very big name clients that were paying me meaningfully to do that kind of work for them. So we can either argue for our downside. I don't have entrepreneurial experience. I don't have enough clients. I don't have whatever I don't have. Or you can have a mindset shift and say, but what do I have? And what value do I bring? And what extra special enthusiasm or secret sauce can I bring to it so people will want to take a shot with me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of people want to leave their careers and work independently. Are you Mm -hmm. hearing that in your practice? Um, to some extent, yes. I mean, certainly people want the flexibility. That's what it comes down to. And, you know, sometimes the way that it approach it, that people are approaching this is that what made you know, they're asking me, what made you decide to go independent? Like I worked, you know, in my career, I worked for some trust companies. I worked for a credit union. I worked for a large RA firm, you know, a large independent RA firm. And, so, you know, I've, I had that career where I worked for somebody else and they, they've asked, they've started the conversation, like, what made you decide to go independent? And, you know, and I, and I explain it to them and ask them the question, you know, like, why some of these people have worked with me for years? Like, why are they asking me that question now? Not that it's a bad question, just seems unique at this, at this point in time. And they're asking me that question because they're thinking about, um, you know, their own careers and maybe making changes and they want, they see the flexibility that I have in, in my, you know, life living in two different states, depending on the season of the, the year. And, you know, when COVID hit, our firm that didn't even see a blip, like we were already working remotely with people because that's the way I set the firm firm up. And they saw that they saw that, you know, that we had that flexibility and they they've realized that that's something that they want in their own lives. So a piece of it is, yes, working for themselves potentially, but really what it comes down to is, is the enormous amount of flexibility. And I've had to share with them that, you know, yeah, it might look all unicorny from the outside, but there are certainly when you run your own business, there are certainly there are, there are challenges that come with that, too. So let's explore what they're really looking for, but sometimes it's actually just the they've they've had time to digest the difference between the rat race that they're in and how how slowing down a little bit or how working from home or how not having all the commitments that have that were normal within their family has given them some space to think about what they actually want to do. And what they love doing. Well, and you know, the other thing is that with so many lives cut short by surprise by this horrible virus, mm-hmm. we don't have someday isn't another day on the calendar. If we're going to do make the most of our lives and have our next stage be our finest hour, mm-hmm. could we put some thought into what that might look like and what we could do if we were to fully commit to that and if we would allow for the the results to unfold so that we could have 
more of what we want in our life. And what I discovered with people over the last 10 years that I've been working with them about making their bios better for opportunity attraction is sometimes people say, oh, I've got to write my bio as if to check a box on a checklist and consider it done. But who we are and how we're evolving, it's a it's an ongoing process of blooming into a whole new rose. Mm-hmm. And when people do the exercises to get to the meat of the matter of why they're here and what they want to do and how they want to help and the stunning results they bring about for their clients and the transformations that they bring about, it isn't an administrative exercise anymore. It's a transformation that happens within each person to realize that they are waving the flag for a mission a whole lot bigger than a job. They're mm-hmm. waving a mission for reclaiming their life, um, doing the work that's their truest gift, that um, they'll. it would be a disservice not to march forward and make available this product, service, or idea so others can benefit from it. And when I witness those transformations, what I notice is their confidence grows, their conviction grows, their certainty grows, and most importantly, their courage to step forward ignites. Mm -hmm. And it's really a privilege to see people step up to what they're here to do finally and not a moment too soon. I couldn't agree with you more, Nancy. When people know my journey, um, they know that one of the big reasons that I, I loved what I did, you know, I love the financial planning world. I love what I was doing. I just didn't love where I was doing it. And that, that was twofold. Like I, I you know, as, as we're planning for people's lives, and this is some of the things that, you know, I talked about with people t- this year, as we're helping them plan their financial lives, a piece of that is not just what's going to happen in the future. A piece of that is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. And I was 44 years old when I decided to go independent. And I, I remember thinking, if not now, I'll never do it. And then I'll sit here and I'll wish, I'll wish my life away because I'll say, well, when I retire, when I retire, when I retire, well, who knows when I'm going to retire now? Like I have no desire to retire. I love what I do. I hope I get to work till I'm 70 years old, you know, or 75 or as long as my mind will, will let me because I'm loving what I do. And, and the one key thing that I think that just hones in on what you're saying right now is that if we can find that passion and we can do it in a way that we're most fond of, then we're never actually wishing to retire. We're never actually wishing to, to be done with, um, our, you know, uh, 10 more years of our lives. You know, we're not sitting here making those kinds of comments. Instead, we're making a change that says, I love doing this and I can put this out into the universe. And that may mean starting my own company. And that may mean um, connecting with a company that already exists that I can, that I can shine with and, and for. Uh, but it needs, it means finding, finding the answer. And for me personally, and I think a lot for of people in 2020, it was because there was a shock to my system in 2014. There was a shock that happened with some loss of family members that made me really strongly question where I was at in my life. And I think that's what happened in 2020 with a lot of people is there was a shock that made them take note of where they were at in their life. I think going through the exercise that you mentioned, and we'll, we'll post some links in the show notes for sure, but going through that um that exercise that you mentioned and trying to figure out what it is that we're most passionate about and then being able to develop what we want people to know about us and not everything that we've ever done. Uh, that's a stage. <laughs> it, it, it's so important to do. It's so revealing. And when we are in the state of not 
knowing or feeling unclear or, um, or maybe having fear or wondering about imposter disease or Mm -hmm. what qualifies me to do this or that. One of the things I learned from Jack Canfield, who wrote the book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, is, sorry about that, is uh, make a list of your hundred successes in your whole life. It could be winning the spelling bee in sixth grade and then finding yourself being the editor of the high school newspaper in high school and then finding yourself winning awards for writing to get into college and winning scholarships. And it could be um, learning how to, you know, like those are some of the things that I discovered when I was going back to my hundred successes. Like, what is the common theme? The common theme is that there's often a pen in my hand (laughs) and I'm doing something brilliant with it. Another common theme is I'm speaking up. So if, if you write your hundred successes, you know, what, what, what awards did you win? What accomplishments did you achieve? When, you know, when did you meet your mate and what, did you make a good choice? I mean, you have good personal skills that so you, you chose the right mate and you got it right the first time when you saw your kids graduate from whatever college and you knew that you funded it hundred percent with, through the good guidance of your financial advisor and that you still have plenty of retirement funds saved to fuel the rest of your life, you're showing fiscal responsibility. I mean, it's such an interesting exercise to go through your life and find a hundred successes that you can actually claim. And then you can find the common themes that emerge and Mm -hmm. say, you know, this isn't something I've just started today. This is something I've been practicing and honing my entire life. I was destined to do this from the moment I joined the planet and I'm only just now putting a name on it and an LLC attached to it so that I can make money doing it. If it comes that easily to you, it's, it's a level of mastery you've achieved that you can own and unleash and honor as Mm -hmm. you serve people in exchange for meaningful fees that you are so worthy of. Yeah. Well, I I just want to make a comment on that last part that you just said, meaningful fees that you are worthy of because I saw a sign in, I think it was TJ Maxx and I actually ended up buying it, which I usually don't buy those kinds of things, but it was just, it it struck me as something that I need to have uh, more in the forefront when I'm talking with a lot of the clients that I work with and also for my own self. And it said, know your worth and then add sales tax. (laughs) I love that. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is, that is so true. Like we, you know, we have, and, and myself, I'm guilty. I'll be, you know, upfront and honest. I always try to tell people, like, you know, they'll make comments about me seeming to be, you know, very, um, uh, firm and like pricing and services and, you know, saying, well, not everybody is for us. You know, I, I would love to work with, I want, I want to work with people that understand the value that we offer and the time and the knowledge that it's taken to get to where I am at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that imposter syndrome that a lot of, and I'm not saying men don't, but I just think it seems to be more prevalent with the women that I work with. And and that's my experience. Um, so when I saw that sign, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start hammering this with anybody who says, do you think people will pay my fees? And I am so guilty of it. When I started this practice, I had imposter syndrome, like you would not believe 
certainly as it's become more successful, some of that has gone away and the calendar has certainly dictated that I be very committed to the fee schedule that I've put in place um, because it it's just a necessity. But it took that for me to actually believe in myself. And, and so having, you know, me on the other side or you on the other side, supporting that person to, or re- encouraging the person to, to have that know thy worth and stick with it for lack of a better summary. Um, it's really important. And for people to, to list out, I've never heard that exercise. And, and, and I put the, you know, I put that on my list because that's a great thing for, to do with clients too, that are thinking about doing, making a change or for people listening to do that kind of thing. Because, you know, it, it, I am the type of person I think a lot of people are that they, they, they succeed in something and then they move on to the next thing that they, they need to succeed with. And they don't reflect on the things that they, they were successful or that they're proud of. That is so true. And here's another exercise that I find very compelling, especially for folks who are thinking about making a change. If you draw a T on a piece of paper and on the left-hand side, you write cake, as in something you would love to put a fork in and consume and smile. And on the right, you put cringe. And these are the things that are so not you. They're so not your jam. It's so not intuitive. It's so not easy. If you make a cake and cringe list and you ask yourself, what would my life be like if I was spending 80% of my time in my cake zone and only 20% of my time in my cringe zone? With a lot of people in in whatever endeavors they're pursuing, they find themselves in the cringe zone at a much greater percentage than they would ever want to confess. When you do this exercise, you realize that it would be such a disservice to your soul to continue living in the cringe zone when Mm -hmm. with some important calibrations and adjustments and maybe some powerful action on your part, you could be living in the cake zone every single day. And then to your point about owning your worth, a lot of folks, I've worked with as a mentor to authors, speakers, and coaches for over 10 years. And I often ask people, what's your revenue goal and how do you want to get there? And to the extent that you can create the highest value offering that will bring the best possible result for your ideal client and have the conviction to assign a fair and high value uh, price to it, Mm -hmm. you can get to your revenue goal a whole lot faster. Some people are under the misguided notion that if they write a book, they're going to make millions. And... I can tell you I've not made millions on the book that I wrote. <laughs> right. But it's a big business card that opens the door for people to mm-hmm. consume your thought leadership, your point of view, your stories, and appreciate your voice and know that you're the person they could sit across the table from and reveal their most intimate financial goals mm-hmm. and be guided to the outcome that they desire. That's a brilliant thing to do to have a book to share with clients, but you can't get to your ambitious, your ambitious revenue goal with a $20 book. How many do you need to sell to make that happen? Very few people ever get to the level of authorship that they can make that happen. So own your worth. And another piece of advice that I learned once from another expert whose name is Summerhawk, Kendall Summerhawk guides women to own their worth 
And one of the things that she says is that, you know, talk to yourself in the morning when you're brushing the teeth. I charge this much for whatever it is I do at the stoplight. I charge this much for whatever it is I do. Um, before you go to bed, when you're, you're stuck in traffic, look at an index card. This is what I charge because she wants you to get in the habit of talking about your fees as comfortably as you would request someone to pass the salt or the pepper over a dinner timetable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're not comfortable talking about it, then people won't be comfortable hearing about it. And then you won't get very far very fast. So that's a very powerful exercise too. own your value, own your worth and add sales tax. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I, I mean, it just stood out at me. Like I normally don't buy stuff like that, but I just felt like it just so spoke to me. And, and I think again, spoke to the year that I've experienced with a lot of my clients and some of the things they're going through. So I, so I bought it and when I'm, I'm figuring out how I want to use it within, you know, the conversations that I'm having. Um, well, Nancy, I know we've been chatting for a little bit longer than I was planning, but it's been great catching up with you on some of the things that you've been doing. Uh, we will certainly post uh, the links in the show notes to your website and to your book. Is there anything that you'd love to make sure that that people, that the listeners specifically know about you and, and all the things that you're doing and, and maybe one tidbit that you'd like to make sure uh, that they know other than the know your worth and add sales tax. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I lead a very active Facebook group called Raise Your Voice, Make Your Impact. And if you've loved this conversation, you'll love being part of this group. It's free to join. Just find us on Facebook, Raise Your Voice, Make Your Impact, because I deliver live trainings in there every single week called Learn More to Earn More. And it's a powerful community of folks that want to learn more, earn more, and make money every step of the way. And if that's something that's of interest to you, I'd love for you to become part of that group and to um, become an active, engaged member because it will give you even more community to support you in whatever your next stage is going to be. And if your next stage is, involves podcast guesting and broadcasting your brilliance in all the ways that you can, Go ahead and download the preview of Bye Bye Boring Bio 2020 by going to buybyboringbio.com. You'll get the Amazon best-selling preview of the workbook to sample the wow within so that you can decide that perhaps the book is something that you want. And maybe there's a whole lot more that you want beyond that. I'm always happy to help and chat with people who think I could be their, their guide. Well, thank you for your thank you for sharing your successes and your brilliance with the audience today and, and with the community. It's it's you know I think we talked and I think it was before we started recording about people saying you know what's the secret to your overnight success and then you know we were joking and I you know I said my response is twenty six years so, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and with your book too, I mean, like you said, this originally started out in 2008 and then you can just completely revamped it in 2010 or 2020, sorry, because times had changed, uh, situations had changed. So when you say, you know, when, when I say to you, congratulations on being an Amazon bestseller, what's the, what's the, um, secret to the overnight success of the book? Uh, you know, your response was very similar to say, well, it was like 12 years. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it wasn't something that happened overnight. And I think that success often is, you know, all of those little bits of information. And thank you so much for sharing 
what you've put together and put out there in the world so that we can shorten some of our time horizons to success. It was my pleasure to be here and it's so good to be back. It's always an honor to be invited back. So happy new year to everyone. And thank you so much for the wonderful show that you do at Wine and Dime, Amy. Love it. Yeah. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.